We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Welcome back to Smells Like Identity Hygiene, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of cybersecurity, identity hygiene, and everything in between. I'm your host, Katie, and as always, I'm joined by my brilliant co-host, Rosie. In today's episode titled The Risk Paradox, we're exploring a fascinating concept, how ownership ensures that security teams aren't solely responsible for operational risks while mitigating security risks. It's a delicate balance that's often overlooked, but crucial for maintaining a secure and efficient digital environment. Don't forget to stick around until the end for some hilarious outtakes that are sure to leave you laughing. So grab your headphones, settle in, and let's unravel the risk paradox together on this episode of Smells Like Identity Hygiene. We have Brittany with us today. She is our senior account executive and our feet on the ground expert. She's got the perfect perspective of everything that our customers and all of the people out there in the real world outside of the the sphere building are experiencing as far as ownership and the challenges that they go through from day to day. So thank you for being here, Brittany. Thanks for having me. And in addition to Brittany, we have Carly Bean, who is an SME here at Sphere. She has countless years of experience working with customers, actually solving a lot of these issues that we're going to talk about. We thought it'd be interesting to have a mix of kind of Brittany on the front lines, talking to customers, hearing about the problems, and then Carly who is a subject matter expert on how to solve the problems that we hear from our customers. I've known Carly now for many years, and Carly is one of the smartest people I know, and also one of the most modest people, and that's why she's shaking her head right now. (laughs) So thanks, Carly, for being here as well. So I Thanks. Think- I'm excited to be here. And I will say that every time you say that, Rosario, I'm pretty sure all you're doing is making sure that people ask me the questions and don't ask you the questions. <laughs> True. We'll see. So I think what we wanted to start off with is, again, the focus of this, of this podcast or this episode is ownership and understanding why ownership is important. So the first question is, what exactly is ownership? So Brittany, can you tell us a little bit about when you talk to customers, when they reach out to you, either they find us on LinkedIn, uh, they find our website, they talk to to us, but when they talk to you and this topic comes up, can you tell us a little bit about what are some of the the issues that they have and and what exactly is ownership in the context of what we do? Yeah. So ownership is truly finding the right person that owns the assets. So whether that has to do with an account or a server or an AD group or application, file share, et cetera. But the problem is that these customers don't know how to find the right owner. Or is that person still with the organization that's the owner? Or has the person left the organization or moved across the different businesses that are certifying their assets that are like, wait, that's, I shouldn't even own this still. So the biggest problem is they don't understand who owns what, who has access to what, or even where to begin. So. Carly, can you tell us a little bit about what does it actually mean to be the owner? So if if I'm Bob in marketing, for example, would I ever own anything? And what would be my responsibilities as the owner? And what kinds of things should Bob in marketing own? Sure. So yeah, ownership is more than just checking a box saying, yep, I own this. You have to make sure that the owner of the asset really understands the asset, 
they know what it's used for, and they have to have the authority to be able to approve any changes that might be necessary. Bob from marketing might own a group of people on his marketing team that all have access to the same things. That's the ownership point is Bob. Now, Bob from marketing might have an account that's in the local admin group on a server, and maybe the IT team owns that server. Now, the IT owner needs to know, hey, Bob from marketing shouldn't be in this group. The IT owner also needs to understand the asset enough to know that they can remove Bob's account from the group without bringing down any applications or things. So it's really important to understand everything about the asset and how it works and make sure that what's going to happen if you have to make any changes to it. So if I'm Bob in marketing and I'm being asked to take ownership of, let's say, a group that my team is in or an account or, let's say, even a server, from my perspective, though, why does IT need me to respond to what can and can't be done about this, this group? Like, why wouldn't IT already know? Why wouldn't the infrastructure team or the security team know what this group is and what it's being used for? Why do you need my input? Oh, sure. So if that's your group, that means that you're the one inter you're the one interacting with it, and maybe your team is interacting with it. IT might not know that Joe from your team actually moved over and is now on another team, right? They might not have that information. So you need to be the one to reevaluate, to review the group and say, oh yeah, actually this person shouldn't belong in here anymore. And then IT can help you make those changes, but generally you need to be the one that signs off and says, yep, this is okay to make this change. So you're not asking me technical questions about how, from a technical perspective, how this group should be used, you're asking me business questions like who is in the marketing team and what level of access should these different members of the marketing team have to the assets that this group can access. So that's yep. why it makes sense for someone in marketing to give those responses. Exactly. Yeah, there's a big separation between the business side and the IT side, and you need both sides of the coin, but you need to make sure that your business users have a say in it. So, Brittany, when you talk to customers, why do you think they have such a hard time figuring this out? Like, why wouldn't they know that there's a group called marketing and Bob is in marketing, so Bob should be the owner? Yeah, it's really just because they lack that visibility and understanding they're doing this quite manually as well. And for your example, in marketing, they're they're sending these emails and they're managing them in Excel and they might be reaching out to a Jeremy Smith and there's seven Jeremy Smiths. So they're like, I got a response. And it just, it, it's chaotic. And then Bob potentially saying, well, I'm not the owner of this, right? Yeah. A lot of that right now is manual in terms of, yeah. of people sending out spreadsheets and Word documents. And then someone has to collate all that data. Yeah, exactly. They'll have someone yeah. on their team or maybe even like 10 people, a customer of mine that I you know was chatting with late, earlier this week. They have 10 people figuring out, okay, let me reach out to this proposed owner and they're tracking it in Excel and they're just not getting the proper responses and they don't know where they are in that process. Even when they do get a response, it's like, well, how do I make that change? And you're telling the business to do something and their job, a lot of the time, they feel that their job is much more important than responding to someone in IT or security. In security, just trying to do their job and the business, I have a bigger problem to fix. So I'm just going to ignore this. So then the problem never gets resolved. It never gets fixed. And sometimes people think also it's a one-time fix too, which is quite a problem, right? Fixing AD or fixing any asset and, and doing this is not just a one-time fix. It's an ongoing battle. So there's the initial problem of figuring out who's the person to reach out to 
to begin with, who is the actual mm-hmm. owner. But then there's also the challenge of once you find that owner, making sure that they respond, that they understand this is something important. This is something you need to respond to. We need this information. And most times we need this information really to solve a security issue mm-hmm. or, or to close a security gap. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the ways that you can get that starting point, that that initial person to talk to? Sure. Yeah, Brittany really talked about, and, and you as well talked about how difficult it is to get that information in the first place. A lot of times it is spread out between maybe some stuff is populated in the managed by field and AD, or you've got a book of record here, or you've got an Excel sheet that this team uses and a different one that its other team uses. So having those records, number one, they don't always exist. They're hard to pull together if you've got a bunch of them. And then you might just not have them. You might have a service account that exists on a server that has a nondescript name. You don't know where it came from, who requested it. You have no record of it. So it's difficult just looking at that single account by itself to figure out who should own this. Now, what can be really helpful is if you can gather more data about that account. So if you see that you have this service account and it has access to these three servers, and these three servers all happen to host the same application, for example, and you know who that application owner is. Now that's a good person to start with and say, hey, we noticed that this account is on these servers. You're the application owner. Do you happen to know, is this your account or can you point us in the direction of somebody who should own this account? And you think about it too, right? Brittany mentioned that there could be multiple Jeremy Smiths. There could be a million Bob Smiths and the bigger the organization, the harder that is. It's a local golf shop with five people. It's easy to walk in the back and be like, hey, Kevin, do you own this? But you've got something huge like these giant enterprises that have hundreds of thousands of employees potentially. And how big is the IT team really that it can track down hundreds of thousands of people with an Excel spreadsheet of all things too. So like, or what if like you acquired another business and that Jeremy Smith that's sitting in a whole nother business and then you're merging all these different types of assets and it's just... You're making a big mess. You have a big mess already. And then now you're making even a bigger mess. So then it's like, where do you start? Or if you're halfway through, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's And, and it's interesting that goes into the first episode where we were talking about discovery and we talked about the, the concept of identity in that an account is not an identity and a human is an identity. And I know, Brittany, from if we go back to when your career started, we correct me if I'm wrong, but we we had to educate people on that concept of what an identity is and and the fact that an account is not an identity, right? Because an account can't own anything. Uh, A human has to own something. Can you talk a little bit about how that's shifted now where people are talking more about identity as the human versus just some account called B. Smith? Yeah, for sure. And just just something that just came to mind is dating us back to eight years ago, when I first started here, we had to talk to these customers about and and telling them, hey, you should care about this. You should care about cleaning this up. And now more often than not, there's so many audit and regulations where they have to tie it to an identity because they have to get to the root of figuring out, okay, I need to fix this. And the only way to fix this is talk to the person or the proposed owner that most likely knows who should have access to what and how to remove that access. It's so important now where they're putting it into the hands of how we talk about how identity hygiene and identity is really the perimeter of, of security. But there's a lot of 
um, eyes and ears on this now by audit and uh, regulations and businesses are now coming to us saying, hey, I need you guys to clean this up and I, I need the assistance because we've done this only one time or we got handed our problems um, and now we need to fix it. So we need something that helps us with that. But again, it's a lot of customers are talking about the problem and, and knowing that they have to fix it by talking to the business. Yeah, it seems like people are... Um... So it, it seems like people are really interested in being more proactive about it now, which is great because you don't want to sit there and have something where you don't know the owner of it, say some asset, you have no idea who the owner is, something goes wrong with it, right? It gets breached, something breaks, it's not working. And now you have to spend time figuring out who's responsible for this thing mm -hmm. before you can even get to the fixing of it and the figuring out of how to resolve any of the issues with it. So being proactive and finding those owners before you have problems is really huge. Yeah. And just think one thing to note too, the cool thing is that you need the ability to pull in information from CMDB, from AD, from HR, from some internal book of record that you have from decades ago. You need to be able to take all that information and be able to, okay, this most likely is the owner. And yeah, it, it's just, you have to pull us all information to educate yourself and understand who you should be talking to because you don't want to reach out to somebody Poor Jeremy Smith, but you don't want to just reach out to nine Jeremy Smiths. We talked about, let's say you do find the that initial owner. <clears throat> let's say maybe they send the owner the asset to someone else, and but you finally have someone who's willing to take responsibility for it. Carly, can you give us some examples of the types of things that you would ask a Jeremy? Right, what like how much information do you need from this person in order to actually? take their responses and take action to ultimately reduce risk? Sure, sure. It, it depends a lot on the asset type and what you're trying to accomplish. So we talked a little bit about groups. You might want to annually or however often you like review group membership, right? So you make sure you don't have people in groups who shouldn't be there anymore, especially with people moving around in the company or leaving the company. So group membership is a huge one. We know that we have a lot of problems with AD getting messy. So making sure that you're continuously cleaning that one up, something like a server or an application, it might be more about access or even privileged access something you really want to keep an eye on. So you need owners who are able to manage that and ask, answer questions about who should have access to those things. And accounts are also a huge one. So getting your privileged accounts vaulted in a solution like CyberArk is huge. And you need to make sure that the owner knows where it should go and can answer questions about how often the password should be rotated and things like that. And sometimes that's controlled more at the IT level, but you need to make sure that your owners are understanding that process. And <clears throat> Brittany, can you tell us a little bit about when you talk to the to to the customers, when you talk to, to to people about this issue, do they tell you why they don't have this? Again, as someone looking from the out non-technical aspect, looking from the outside in, you would question, I just don't understand why IT doesn't know all of this. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> can you tell us some scenarios why? organizations struggle with this? Why is this such a such an issue? And frankly, sometimes the main reason why they call us. Yeah. So they do know some parts, right? So they know maybe their most critical applications or they know the most common groups, but then they don't know what the entire threat landscape. And that's truly because there's so much data out there. So it's like, unless something is scanning some script that they're trying, there's no way to know. And 
it's like looking in your garage and not knowing every box that you have from 20, 30 years ago. You're like, I know the top ones because you just left them there, but you don't know about those other ones all the way at the bottom. They just don't know what they don't know. And that's the biggest struggle. So they'll do testation and some IG solution that they have on hand for their most critical applications, or they'll have visibility into something of that sort. But they just don't have that visibility. Like I said earlier, the different mergers as they're acquiring different organizations, we work with some of the largest and most complex organizations. So it's just so much data that's out there and, and they don't know what they don't know. Carly, can you tell us from a technical perspective, why ownership is challenging, why it's hard and why a large organization before they know it, no matter how much they try to maintain ownership through, let's say a spreadsheet, right? With asset name and name of owner, why is it so hard to keep track of who currently owns something? Yeah, Brittany touched on a lot of it, but having disparate sources of this information and bringing them all together is really a challenge. And it might even be political, right? You might have different segments of your organization that want to do things a certain way and can't decide how to do it in a unified way that makes it simple. And it's just difficult to get that all in one place so that you can have a complete understanding. And certainly different asset types are managed in different ways too. So you might have a good handle on your AD group. So you might think you have a good handle on your AD groups, but you have no idea about your accounts in AD, right? So making sure that you're managing all of those different asset types. And then the mover joiner lever process can be really tricky to make sure that everything is accounted for in that. So given those challenges and, and issues, Brittany, you just talked about, Carly, you just talked about from a technical perspective of finding these owners and figuring out who the, the right person is. Where does Spheerboard come in? What can Spheerboard do, Carly, that overcomes some of these challenges of, of doing all this stuff manually? Spheerboard can do anything that you want it to do, which is great. <laughs> no, but fly it to the moon. It can make you some popcorn. I'm a little bit biased, but I love Spearboard. It's great because of the data that it can collect, right? We can collect data from all sorts of different sources. We can bring it together and we can apply logic. It can be logic custom to your business. We've got recommendations that we have out of the box for how to figure out owners. Just bringing together all that data into one place and being able to analyze it to figure out your proposed owner, your best point of contact to start is really valuable. Yep. So Brittany, a customer contacts you, says they have this problem along with some of the other problems, of course, that Spheroboard solves. Mm -hmm. They say to you, okay, great. I want to buy the product. They install the product. They run our ownership automation methods one time, and then they're done. They could turn off the product. Is ownership a one-time activity? Can you turn on the product, solve all the problems, shut it down? You're good to go. Bit of a loaded question, but you know. I like the question and it's been asked. So ownership is never a one-time fix. It's just an ever-growing challenge. You're constantly hiring new people. The, the organization's growing and data is ever-evolving. So it, it just can't be a one-time fix. You need that constant visibility as people are, are changing roles and moving within the organization. You need to understand, hey, I'm leaving sales and, and going to finance. It's a weird change, but that's where I'm going. I need to change my role and I'm no longer the owner of all of my assets as it relates to, to sales stuff. I need to move over to finance. So I need access to that. You just need that constant visibility. So if you're able to 
Am I allowed to plug Spearboard? Yeah, right. Because we're talking about it. Plug it, Spearboard. <laughs> plug um, it. But, but no, you, you need that constant visibility. And that's the really cool thing about Spearboard is that you just, you see that holistically as soon as you log in into Spearboard. Um, and then you can change owners. You can propose new owners. There's just a, a whole process. It's just not a one-time fix. That that gives me goosebumps. Oh. <laughs> did I answer it? You did. Thank you. And honestly, it's a... Just to add to that one part, Brittany, it is not unheard of because there are people like me. The neurodivergent workforce has gotten a lot larger over the years. <laughs> Two jobs ago, I started as the hiring manager. Six months in, decided I wanted to learn how to do something different. So I became uh, the technical HubSpot person for some of the clients at our agency and then completely diverted into a different sector, implementing HubSpot, Salesforce, like all of the other things. So. If anybody's like me, it is not unheard of. You've probably changed all 15 times. <laughs> yeah, Katie, it, it's so common. And then imagine some people are with these organizations for 20, 30 years. So they move quite often or get promoted or whatever. And they still have their access from when they first started and was hired. Maybe. Or there's reorgs, right? It, it's not even people reorg. moving. There's yeah. reorgs in the organization. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you may have owned this when this was your function, but now right. that your team's function is different, you shouldn't own this asset anymore. Yeah. 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 And if, if you're not keeping track of that, that can be really tricky. I talked about being proactive about ownership. If I'm still listed as an owner of something and then I leave and you don't find out until your next attestation a year later, you know, there's going to be a gap of time where that thing doesn't have an actual owner. And it's going to be tricky. It's really important. Yeah, Carly, the concept of ownership also entitles you to certain access, right? Yeah. So ownership and maintaining ownership is also a way to ensure that the right people have access to the right things mm, and right. the wrong people don't have access to certain things, right? If you're the owner of an asset, then maybe it's an account. As the owner, you're entitled to the credentials of that account, and that account might give you access to an application or a server or something else that maybe in your new role, you should no longer have access to. And yep. we've seen that a lot at customers as well, right? William Sonoma, they did that. They had a thousand seasonal employees that work every year. And at one point, they laid off like a thousand people at one time and didn't cut off their access quick enough. And because they didn't do that, all of these email employees started emailing hateful things to customers oh, and yeah. put them at like a giant amount of risk. They were saying that William Snow was stealing their money and that they were never going to get their items and all of that. And obviously, like That's it was clear it was hate mail, but all it takes is five minutes for you to make mm -hmm. some people angry and they destroyed potentially hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in revenue for your country. Your country. <laughs> yeah, bad actors, disgruntled employees. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. And one bad actor gets in and gets that access. That's the whole point of cleaning up access is that if that ever happens, you minimize what they have access to because they can email all of your customers and say, this is better than this, or I don't know what they'll do, but it's just... The only way to clean something up or do something is to figure out who the owner is and who should have access to what. And that's the hardest mm -hmm. part. As simple as that sentence is, it is so complex. Whether you're a small organization, 1,500 employees, or 80,000 to 100 plus thousand. For sure. All right, everybody. We've reached the portion of our episode where we ask our question. So 
if you tune into our video version of this episode, you will actually end up seeing a different question. So I guess that gives you even more incentive to look at both. But for this, we have the worst bad dad joke that you can think of. All right, Carly, why don't you start us off? Did you hear about the, the explosion at the French cheese factory? Good one. No. Debris was everywhere. I love that. Okay, Brittany, how about you? What's your joke? Heading? All right, let's go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Knock. Who's there? Who's there? <laughs> Goat. Goat who? Goat to the door and find out. That is definitely a, a joke. It's for a toddler. Not, maybe not a toddler. Maybe a kindergartner. But I liked it. Which yeah. walks into a bar. Bartender says, why the long face? Mm. Mm. Ah, no, no. You know what? Like, I, I want to redo. A guy walks into a bar and he looks up and there's meat hanging off the ceiling. He goes to the bartender and he goes, what's with all the meat hanging off the ceiling? Bartender says, you could jump up and touch any of the, the raw meat. You get a free beer. But if you miss, you have to buy a beer for everyone in the bar. You want to try? And the guy says, no, the stakes are too high. <laughs> I like that one. I like it. Okay. Mine is horrible. So don't even judge me for this one. But so a guy walks into the library and walks up to the front desk and he tells the librarian, Hi, I'll have a hamburger and french fries, please. And she said, This is a library. And he goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I'll have a hamburger and some french fries, please. That's it. Excellent. That's the whole joke. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of Smells Like Identity Hygiene. In our next episode, titled Identify Your Identities, Bob Smith is Not B. Smith, we delve into the critical distinction between human identities and accounts within your organization. Understanding the nuances between Bob Smith and an account named B. Smith, along with their associated metadata, is essential for maintaining robust identity hygiene. Before you go, we have a special treat for you. Instead of our usual bloopers segment, we're featuring a minute of the best of Brittany Pimp's Pimpinella. Trust us, you don't want to miss it. And to our guests, don't drop off just yet. Stay tuned for more engaging discussions and insights on identity hygiene. Until next time, stay secure. Where, where did Brittany go? I want to be quiet, please. Thank you. At least they didn't say that you're unstable. I am unstable, but it does say that my network is unstable. Am I okay? You guys sounded like robots. I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm on the floor. I'm very cold. This Carly. Rosie's kind of freaking me out. Hi, Rosie. Mm. I mean, bye. Bye, Rosie. You're done. That was it. That's all, all we right. needed from you. Thanks, everyone. That's it for you. Bye. I got the New York swings. Twang. Hello, everybody. The weather today is high 54. Sunshine until... 5.04 p.m. Very exciting. Get out, Cub Scout. Right. Take care, brush your hair, change your underwear. See you later, alligator. And then and then she'd put out a new album or mm. her reputation album, which I thought was coming out, and it's not. I'm very upset, but whatever. I'm really so, still expecting it. You so hear that, trailer? I was, they were going to be famous. It was just an idea. Their <laughs> moment, and now you kill them. And then I'm like, nah. There's the none. I brought it in because you told me to, Rosie. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bye. All right. We've lost Brittany. Oh, yes. Yes.